You are listening to the People-Centric Podcast, where we talk through the toughest challenges that people face at work and give practical advice to fixing those challenges. Thanks for joining our movement to create workplaces that are happier, healthier, aligned, and empowered by putting people at the center of all that we do. Hey, people-centric leaders, let's light this candle. This is, what's the candle going to be for this? It's going to be the candle of 2023. (laughs) Let's get 2023 started. You guys excited about 2023? I am now. Now you are. Now you're on fire. I felt felt something with that air horn noise. So yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do that. I actually made that sound with my mouth. I did not make that. We did not actually use an air horn. We have low production costs on this podcast. So we just kind of do do whatever we got to do with their own sound effects. But today we want to talk about 2023, this next year. Now, last year we did an episode that has been pretty popular and we're going to walk you through it again to keep it really fresh and everything else. But it's this idea that if you go through the year and you did what you did this last year, you're probably going to get what you've already gotten. We talk about companies and organizations, how they should be planning, thinking about the future. What things do you need to do differently? What new habits do you need to establish in order to be able to get you where you really want to go? And do you even know where it is that you want to go? What does that direction look like? Well, it turns out not only should companies do this, but people-centric leaders also should do this. And so we have this process and we call it get out of your own way, or we also call it a people-centric success plan. And it's this idea of walking through these sets of questions where it helps you to kind of create a strategic plan for the next year. So listen, if you're driving right now and you're just listening to the podcast and you're driving to work and you can start to think about this kind of stuff, and then you can go back and listen to it again and maybe write some stuff down. Uh, We'll put some tools out there, right, Diana? We can do that. Put some tools out for people to be able to download this so that they can kind of fill it out on your own time. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes so you can like, there's a link to it and you can click it and get it and fill this out. Show notes. Yeah, show notes. That sounds official. Check the show notes, everybody. In the back. Welcome to the show. They exist. Oh, I should check out the show notes. Yeah, you should. You you weren't asked to like give a writer of snacks that you want to eat while we do the podcast. Like that's Mm, weird. That sounds wonderful. I really need to check the show notes now. You need to check your writer is what you need to check. It sounds like because you don't have all the things that we have, obviously. Uh, you should have negotiated that when you started. I'm sorry you missed that opportunity. Just along for the ride, everybody. Just along yeah. for the ride. Tell me when you need me. I'll be right the, here. That 40-year contract you signed probably doesn't look so sweet today, but it's it's good. So we're going to walk you through this. So it's a real opportunity, and we're going to take you step by step, and it's time for you to be able to think about your future. And the, we're going to ask the questions, and then our team is going to kind of share some things along the way as we go through this process ourselves. So we're going to do this live. There's kind of two parts to this success plan. The first part is going to be all about you. It's going to be what things are you thinking about? Where do you want to be? What are your strengths? Those types of things. And then the second part, we're going to set some goals for yourself. So you're going to end up with maybe three to five-ish goals. Now, some of don't write in and say, like, I came up with six. Am I broken? Um, the answer is yes, you are broken. I don't want to hear about it. That's what I'm saying. No, you can come up with six if you want to. You can come up with that whatever amount is useful for you. But I would say fewer goals tend to get followed versus more goals. 
And then we're going to think about like steps that you should take next uh, so that we can really break this down. Because how many times do we set a New Year's resolution and the New Year's resolution fails because we forget to go back to it? And then we're going to talk about accountability a little bit of how do we make sure that we follow this? How do we maximize that? So team, are we ready to do this? We've got, we've got, we've already heard from Diana. She is sitting by her Christmas tree with snow happening behind her somehow in the Northwest there. Winter Wonderland. You should, if you're not watching on YouTube, you should go just like check out this wintry scene that is behind me. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you, if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see it, but if you are watching the podcast, you can watch yeah. that so that's the thing too right we've got we've got stephanie anderson on the podcast with us as well who has her complete future already mapped out for 2023 is that mm, correct or not yes mm, yeah sure yeah great that seemed very genuine and totally <laughs> on board with all that stuff yeah and then we've also got the matt griswold who probably doesn't even know what he's having for lunch today is my guess matt uh matt kind of goes where he goes actually that that's uh that's 100 true i don't know what i'm gonna eat for lunch but i'm already excited about it because i know lunch will happen it's just up in the air i was gonna with diana's wintry wonderland i think it's important to note there is also a grinch in the video there in the picture and directly behind it there's a stuffed grinch on the shelf too did you yeah. see what i did there did you see what i did it's a grinch on the shelf <laughs> behind the grinch you're the see you're the you're the grinch and, and stuff, right? Okay, I just want. Just... I'm more of a Ebenezer Scrooge type. <laughs> <laughs> My heart will not grow three sizes. <laughs> right. Uh, love you. Bye. Back to you, Don. That's fantastic. <laughs> so we've got Stephanie, Matt, and the Grinch, and myself, Don Harkey, here leading this discussion. So, first part of our people-centric success plan for next year is your vision. So when we talk about a vision, like if I ask somebody, if I grab somebody on the street and I say, what's your vision for yourself? Most people don't have a just canned answer for that. My vision is to just get across the street and figure out what I am going to eat for lunch today. I don't know what that, my vision is to go to the next meeting that I have at 11 o'clock, whatever that thing is. But when we think about your vision, it's really what do you want your look life to look like? We often as a pro tip kind of don't just think about it as your work life. It's really easy to think about it in one aspect, but think about it balanced. Think about something that focuses on different areas of your life. One, one way that you can do that, one exercise you can follow, I'm getting choked up. I get emotional talking about vision. One way that you can do that is maybe sit down and think about your life five or 10 years from now. And imagine that things are just amazing. Like you are just so happy and just take a moment and put yourself in a really happy place. Like, my gosh, I just feel content. Like just things are just going really, really well all around me. And then kind of take a look around yourself five or 10 years from now. What's happening? Like, where are you? Who's around you? What does your job look like? And just start writing. And a lot of times the writing is a good exercise. Don't worry about sharing it. Don't worry about putting it out there for anybody. Just start writing things down. Like sometimes where you're sitting might be a, a key. Maybe you're sitting on the beach someplace. Maybe you're sitting at home and you're surrounded by people that you love. Or maybe you're at a new job and your job is awesome. Or maybe you're at an existing job, but you're in a different office. Wherever it is that you're at, write it down because it might give you some insights on what your vision might be for the future in terms of a happier, more content version of yourself. So let's pause for a second for our team is what strikes you team who, who wants to talk a little bit about maybe a vision for their future? I mean, I'm a processor, so I don't really have like all the answers yet because I deeply think through these things and probably overthink through them. But I will say that 
as you were saying, what does it look like? I sort of was like, you know, maybe just a little bit more of this. Like, I don't need to change a whole lot to be happier. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm close. I feel like, you know, 30s are more tumultuous. Hopefully the 40s will be a little calmer, you know, just kind of chilling out there. But, but I also, I also like the idea that maybe you're happy now and you don't have to change a whole lot to be there. You just sort of have to elevate what you're doing a little bit or add a little bit or enhance a little bit, but things are going okay. Well, that sounds kind of like loser talk to me. If you don't have any goals. Well, I'm or... hanging out with this bunch. <laughs> wow. I Whoa, like how we're starting. Yeah. Does somebody else have a better answer? Thanks, Diana, for getting that started. <laughs> An actual vision? Like something bigger than well, No, I think that's I'll, a great point. I'll share a little bit of like, maybe not my specific vision, but of like kind of how I've thought about mine recently. One of my very favorite quotes is Nelson Mandela, and it's may your choices reflect your hopes, not your fears. And I had somebody pose that kind of a question in that vein to me not that long ago of like, what, what would you be doing right now if you weren't afraid? You know, like, how would your life look different if you didn't operate in like fear and, you know, like make, thinking about where I want to be and kind of shutting that fear out and thinking like, yeah, like if my life looked exactly how I wanted it to, and I was doing the things that felt really good to me and my life was feeling really fulfilling, kind of what would it look like imposing myself the question that way? Um, so I don't know if that's helpful for anybody else out there. Cause sometimes I think it feels really daunting to like, think about your vision and what you want the future to look like. And, and to Diana's point too, like maybe your life is feeling pretty good right now. And it's hard to maybe think about like what, what could be different, you know, and it doesn't have to mean you're making a dramatic change to set a vision for yourself. But even thinking about that, like, is there something that maybe I'm shying away from that I have a desire for in my life because there's fear attached to it. So that's just something like a personal exercise that I've walked through for myself of like, you know, for me personally, if like, if I wasn't, if I knew I couldn't fail kind of what, what would I do and what relationships would I have in my life? What connections, what things would I learn? What would I try? if I didn't have that. So hopefully that's helpful to somebody out there. I love that. I, I think both of those answers were great. And Diana, I gave you a hard time. I apologize. But yeah, there's different ways that you can look at that. And it does have to be personalized to yours. It might be it's really inspirational. Maybe you need to change a lot of things. And maybe you don't need to change very many things. Maybe it's just a better version of where you're at today. You know, or maybe it's maintaining the things, some of the things that you have of saying, how do I protect those things or make sure that I, I, I take better advantage of what that looks like. So I think some, some great tips there. Uh, let's move on to my strengths. So one of the things that's going to be really important as you think about your future is to think about what makes sense for you. So sometimes we think about things of saying like, I want to, I want to dance. I want to be on stage. I want to do all these things. Well, is that really something that you're good at doing? So let's be a little bit realistic <laughs> here. Yeah, so this is coming. I knew that, this was going to happen. Did somebody say dance? I might know a little a little thing about that. Sorry if the shine is much, right? Sorry if the shine is much. I don't want it to be distracting. I don't even like to talk about it most of the time. Matt, if you're watching him on YouTube, if you're listening to this and you can't see what Matt just did, he just pulled out his trophy that he won for a real dance competition. A real dance competition. So Matt, at some point, assessed his strengths and said, I can entertain people. And ran ran down the road of that, and it's 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 created a lot of joy in his life and joy in this small community that he lives in, and the parades that you've been in, literally, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we, I, I kind of treated it like the Stanley cup a little bit. We, we, we traveled with it. I took it on work trips for a while. People wanted to take selfies with me in Terre Haute, Indiana and that trophy. Like you were there, Don. It was a lot of fun. Was I was there fun. actually. I do Found remember that very, very, yeah. very well. Yep. It was very surprising and interesting, but so list some of the things that you're good at doing so you can figure out where you want to go next, right? It's it's a strengths-based approach to things. It's called positive psychology. It's not the things that you need to work on. It's tempting sometimes to sit back and say, well, I suck at this, so I better get better at it. You know, it's not really a good way to start that. Let's start with the things that you're good at doing and then pivot on those things to be able to make it better. So what are some of the things that we're good at doing as individuals here on this call? Matt, what are you good at doing other than dancing? Well, I was just going to, I was going to treat this differently until you framed that question at the end. I think it's important, maybe as we're going through this, Don, I know you and I both, Diana, probably as well. We, we've, we have facilitated this conversation for years, for years. And one of the things that's important, I think, with this conversation, at least on the strengths part is, is really challenge yourself to, to uh, be a little bit vulnerable and humble because sometimes some people have a hard time thinking about what it is that they are good at. We have a, we have a great opportunity to be able to point out all of our flaws, right? The weaknesses, the things that we, I just, I, I don't do this well. I, I don't like doing that. Uh, but, but to take a moment and reflect on the things that you actually do well, I would even encourage you, if you are doing this, here's a pro tip. If you're doing this kind of on your own, you might ask some of the people that are closest to you and say, what would you think some of my strengths might be? You know, you might be sitting there going, gosh, I mean, I can think of a couple I don't know, maybe one or two. And you're probably, I'm just going to say, you're, you're probably not giving yourself enough credit for the wonderful things that you are capable of doing. And that, I don't want to get too far ahead. Stephanie already started talking about fears and stuff like that. Like we're going to get into that stuff. But but some, sometimes those are our own obstacles of, of not being able to recognize the things that you actually are good at doing, like those strengths. So be vulnerable and maybe ask the question of those who are closest to you that, to help fill in some of those blanks on the strengths side as well. Yeah, I would say too, when it comes to strengths of like challenge yourself to think broadly as well of like, don't just make them work strengths. Like, oh, I'm good at doing this one task at work. And so that's my strength. Like dig a little deeper than that of maybe like, why are you good at that? Is that because you have some really good, like critical thinking and intellect skills, you're great at analyzing things and finding themes, or um, maybe you're really, you have a gift for understanding other people and connecting with them really quickly and understanding their needs. Like I would say, dig, dig a little deeper on that of don't let this list just be like work tasks that I have accomplished successfully in the past of thinking about yourself and your whole life, or even things that you enjoy doing. Cause I think passion is a strength too. So if there's something that is in your life right now that you feel really excited and passionate about, like dig for that a little bit too, of like why, and maybe you have strength in that area. And so it brings you joy to be able to kind of like give that gift to the world. And if you are struggling with this, there's tons of strengths assessments. There's whole books written on it. You can go online and find some stuff. But I think there's ways that you can start to dig and uncover what are you actually good at and why. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Those are some great tips there. So ask other people, dig into it, take some assessments. Don't just get, don't get out of your paradigm, right? Whatever it is that you think that you're great at doing is not just the stuff you do on a day-to-day -day basis. It's There could be bigger strengths there. And sometimes if we're really good at the thing, it's hard to recognize how good we are at it until somebody else tells us. You're just naturally good. Well, can't everybody do this? No, not everybody can do that. You're freakishly good at something. 
maybe sometimes another clue might be what are some things that other people do that you're like, why can't you do that? I don't understand why you're not good at that. That's another clue that might be something that's out there. So once we've identified those strengths, let's shift gears a little bit. And we're going to think about now opportunities as you're laying out your, as you're looking around you now, you're starting, you're, we're starting off looking internally, your vision, your strengths. And now we're going to start to look outside just a little bit and thinking about opportunities. How might somebody go through that journey of looking through different opportunities that are out there and what kind of opportunities might we be talking about? And Don, we're, we're talking about opportunities as things that you could potentially take advantage of, right? Not, not in the traditional sense of opportunity as a weakness, but opportunities that might be in front of you that you could potentially take advantage of, right? Right. And the opportunity could be a weakness, but it also could be a new job opportunity that's out right. there or a position or something. Yes. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, as we facilitate that, it's important to make that kind of distinction. Cause I think as soon as you do the strengths, it's important to, we, you know, we, the, the next logical step is to, to mention the weaknesses and make like, you're right. Like you said, maybe it is a weakness, but opportunities are those doors that you have yet to open that potentially are there for you to knock on and turn the handle and see what's on the other side. But for whatever reason, something is holding you, uh, is holding you back from taking advantage of that, of that opportunity. And so I think this might require a little bit more, more thought. Diana mentioned she's a processor. A lot of you listening are probably processors as well. Just one of those things that might require just a, a little bit, uh, a little bit more thought. Those opportunities that might be in front of you, but you're scared to take advantage of those opportunities that might be in front of you, but it's, uh, you know, might be a little bit rough in the beginning before it gets better. And that's a little daunting at the same time as well. Or it might be maybe an opportunity that that's hidden from sight right now, but other people see it. Again, I'm, I'm not opposed to being able to bounce some ideas off of other people as you're walking through this too. I like that you use the word daunting because for me, whenever I think about this category, it's the stuff that like, I know I could do. I know I can take advantage of these things. I know I probably should, but I haven't because it feels a little daunting to me. And so that's what I think about when I think about this area is like, what are the things I should go after because I know that it will be good for me, but I just have it because it feels like a lot. I think this is a pulse check too, right? We The thing we started with was your vision. And so you might be able to, and the reason why we do that is because you might be able to, okay, let's list out some of those opportunities and then pulse check those opportunities to what your perceived vision of success and contentment look like. Maybe, maybe that will tell you if it's an opportunity that, yes, it's there, but does it fit? your overall vision. Like I, I would encourage you to kind of take a look back each time as you're taking the next step forward to make sure that it still fits in the framework of what it is that you're trying to create for yourself too. I love that. Great advice on that. And then as you're going through that, and this is kind of the next piece of this, as Diana mentioned, and you're looking at your obstacles, there are, are your opportunities. There's also potentially your obstacles. So as you list that, and that's the next piece, my obstacles, what are your obstacles that are getting in the way of your opportunities? And a lot of times, I know when I filled this out in the past, many times I will do the opportunities and obstacles like right next to each other almost because it's like, I could do this. Why am I not doing it? What's keeping me from doing that? I'm too busy, whatever the thing is. So like, I've like, I've, I've a lot of times, one of the goals that ends up on mine is something around health, right? I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to eat better and I'm going to do all those kinds of things. When you think about like, what are the obstacles to that? It's really tempting to write down the obstacle of like, well, I'm just lazy and I don't want to do it. Or I just want to eat cheeseburgers more or whatever, those types of things. I don't think that's very helpful to just blame yourself for not doing it. Like you're, you could beat yourself up in this process of just saying, dang, I got to do better. You could Tommy boy it, right? Oh, why do I do it better, better, better? That, that only hit a certain segment of our population, that reference just now, but Matt liked it. I got it. 
you got it there. Yeah. I did love it. I was going to do the hair thing, but I can't. You know how it is. Yeah, but I don't know if that visual would have hit on YouTube as much. Or a podcast, very, very poorly. Or a hit, podcast. I think people <laughs> can visualize it if you recognize it and you're the right age. But yeah, what what are those obstacles? And the obstacles that I think helped me more was like, I recognize one of the obstacles for me, like in terms of eating healthy was not having a plan to eat healthy is that I tend to go through the week where I don't know what I'm going to be eating on a day-to-day basis. So then I have to make quick decisions on things. And it's when I have to make quick decisions that you end up eating Taco Bell, right? Or something like that. Uh, So you just want to make sure that if I had a plan better, and so then why am I not planning? What's that plan look like? Once you lay that out as an obstacle, you recognize, okay, my key, the steps I need to take in the future here must be around the planning. So how else can we start thinking about obstacles? Can I say this too around obstacles? You know, we recently to plug another podcast that we have recently done. I say recently, it's probably probably been a couple of months ago now. But the uh, you got to kind of wanna because I think I think whenever people this is this is where these things fail. This is where New Year's resolutions, quote unquote, these types of things fail because we will, uh, to use another term, pencil whip the whole thing and say, "This sounds awesome. I should do all of these things. I should." not eat as many uh, cheeseburgers anymore. But you know what? I want to eat cheeseburgers at the same pace that I'm currently eating cheeseburgers, right? And so if you're not honest with yourself, then it's going to fail anyway. Like, just be honest with yourself. Now, it might be something where, okay, so in order to be, to be able to do this, I don't, I'm, I don't, finances don't allow me to do that thing. Now that leads to the next conversation. If it's really, if you're really passionate about it, you really want finances to lead to that next thing, then that gives you something to work on, right? A step to be able to, to tackle that. But if you are just going through the process and going, oh, I should do it because it sounds great. We should do those things, right? Uh, then we're probably failing and you're destined to set this up for failure as you're, so just be honest with yourself. You got to kind of want to do these things too. That's really good insight. And it might not be the first question that gives you the real insight. It might be the second or third question, right? The first question is like, what's holding me back on that? But the second question might be more powerful is why am I letting that hold me back? That might be the one that gives you the, oh crap, why am I letting this hold me back? Because I'm scared or because I don't, I want to do this with somebody else or because I, whatever it is. And that might really give you some insights in terms of what are some of those obstacles. I think too, of like one dimension of like, are you waiting for someone to give you permission to do any of the things that you want to do? And I don't mean of like, there are some things in our life that we do need to like include others in and have some conversations, but like, yeah, are you just waiting for somebody else to tell you that this is a good idea? Are you waiting on that final affirmation? Um, And I think those are questions that I ask myself as I dig into opportunities, because I think a lot of times mine are related to time or I'm a consensus builder. Naturally, I like it when other people agree with me and um, can tell me those are great ideas. And that positive affirmation can be really good. But sometimes I really can recognize like that could hold me back from doing things because I then don't have that consensus built um, and that your your passion and your thought are, are enough. If it's something that you really feel like you need to do and want to do um, that would make your life feel more fulfilled, then, then jump in and do it. So if you're waiting for permission by the power invested in us as official people who have the podcast on the internet, we are giving you permission right now. We are giving you that, yes, by the power invested in us, or or maybe it helps you this way. I heard somebody say once, like the only person you're allowed to disappoint is yourself. So if there's something that you're thinking even about that way of like, ah, well, I don't know what this person would think about that or what they would do of obviously like 
we want to be empathetic. We want to be compassionate and recognize that we're not the only people living on this planet, but of don't, don't let yourself disappoint yourself. You know, if there's something that you've been wanting to do, or I, I always think about this, like, especially like new skills that you want to develop or something you want to try that, you know, maybe like, maybe nobody else in my life knows that I'm even interested in this of, um, don't, don't let that stop you from doing it. Love that. Love that. So that moves into our last section of the stuff about ourselves before we start to set some goals. And probably through this conversation, if you're if you're really sitting down and going through this at this point, you might already there might be some themes that are dripping out for you that are giving you some insights into what some of those goals might be. It's the things that you thought about in your vision, maybe some of the things with the strengths or opportunities or obstacles or something. But the last piece of this, which is a piece that I think a lot of people forget, is your fuel. What fuels you through all of this? This is an important uh, component. We could work really hard. And I think the the health thing is a really good example, right? Because I think I use an example that happens a lot and that makes people fail and has made me fail in the past is I will go hardcore on a diet for a while. And then, but I do love cheeseburgers. I do love cheeseburgers and I love French fries and things like that. But if I completely cut those things out, then maybe I lose the fuel that inspires me to do the thing that, you know, to, to keep doing. So you have to think a little bit about it and balance maybe your approach. What really gives you fuel? What are some other examples of fuel or ways that maybe our, our people who are listening right now might figure out what does, what gives them, what recharges their batteries? Well, I think it could be a lot of things. I think it's people. There's certain people that recharge your batteries. I think there's certain activities that recharge your batteries. I think there's, you know, certain hobbies that might recharge your batteries. For me, I know that there are certain people that I go to, it's my husband, it's you guys, it's a few select friends. I know that I love cleaning my house. I'm a a cleaner. I love meal prep. I love that kind of stuff. Those kinds of things like cooking and meal prepping and cleaning, those refuel me. But I, I think there's like, there's a balance to that too, because sometimes those things can end up feeling like work also. So you have to, there's a balance. You got to figure out when it's fuel and when it's work. I like that. There's a lot of people who are listening to the podcast just now saying, hey, if you ever want to get some extra fuel, you can come over to my house and clean and meal prep for me. That would be right? awesome. Yeah. 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 No, then it's work. I got to do it when I want to do it. When you want to do it and when you get to re- the rewards from all of that. Right. Right. Yeah. I like that a lot in terms of the examples you use there too, Diana, because they might not be things, they're things that are customized to you. Like sometimes we think of fuel, it's easy to think of like a vacation or something as fuel. But then you got to be realistic with yourself. For a lot of people, I know like a vacation or planning a vacation is actually quite stressful and takes a lot of energy. And although you're going and getting experiences, it doesn't really refuel your tank. When you get back, you're actually exhausted. So you want to be a little bit cautious about that. Like it really does. It's not what general people like to do. It needs to be what you like to do. What puts fuel in your tank? It might be binge watching something on Netflix, or it might be playing a game, or it might be going for a walk or spending more time in nature or something like that. It's just spending more time with friends, being creative on something, whatever those fuels are, you need to find those things. And then you need to make sure that the fuel is part of your plan. It's not just that I'm going to wear myself out. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to go to class all these at nights. I'm going to work really hard to get that promotion. I'm going to save money. I'm going to starve myself. I'm going to exercise every day. You can do all of those different things, but you're going to, it's going to be a short burst if you don't think of the fuel piece to it. You have to be able to fuel yours. I agree with that. And I, you're making me think of the concept of flow. If anyone's ever heard of that, like when you get in the flow of things and it's kind of this idea of, 
what are the things that you do in your life that all of a sudden, like you could be doing it and realize you stopped keeping track of time. I think it's like one of our biggest things of flow or like your brain wasn't other places. So like thinking even about that or like, where are the moments in your life right now where you're experiencing being in flow where you're like, wow, okay. Like I was, for me, a lot of like my flow is reading of like, when I am reading, I will lose track of time. I don't know what's going on. My brain kind of completely goes there. I know for a lot of people, some of their flow is like exercise or, um, you know, being able to really spend dedicated time with a friend or a family member, their kids, just doing something they really enjoy doing that gets you into that flow space, that that is fuel. And there's like some cool scientific research behind what, like what it does to our brains when we can be in that flow space that it actually helps you focus better than on the stuff that you want to be able to focus on. So that could be even another cool exercise for you. If you're feeling like somebody that like your brain is just like frazzled and you can't focus and you're all over the place of try to figure out what are those flow moments that you could maybe even put in the vision and reincorporate into your opportunities for next year to be able to do more of that. Cause it actually will make you more productive. It feels counterproductive, but it will actually make you more productive to have that time and space in your life. I love that. I love that. That is a powerful concept and it's a great book flow. Check that out. It, it tells you a lot. It's a lot of clues into what your own flow is. What drives you there? What gets you to do that? Mine is bourbon. I can drink bourbon. I will forget where I'm at and where I'm going and what happened. The time just seems to flow right by. That's why I like cleaning. You just do a couple shots. You get to cleaning. That's great. Great. You I, combine bourbon and cleaning? I did not yes. know that. As I say, I've been cleaning the wrong way my whole life. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. That, that is called coupling. This is all you need to know. This is life skills here. This is it. Just add bourbon to it. That's your fuel right there. And anything yeah. else is good. It's yeah. funny you say that, but that's actually a real concept, right? Is if you're trying to start a new habit and you're struggling with a habit is couple it with a habit that's easy to start. So like I got pretty good at exercising when I was binge watching The Sopranos because the only time I could watch The Sopranos was when I was exercising. So then you want to watch the next episode of The Sopranos, but you have to get on the treadmill to do it. Like that that works pretty well. By the way, pro tip there. I do that with running. I will only listen to my audio book when I'm running. And I love my audio books. They're my favorite time of day, but I won't listen to them unless I'm running. So like I have to go run if I want to listen to my book. I'm going to do that with cheeseburgers. I can only eat a cheeseburger while I'm running. That's going to be my, oh. <laughs> yeah. like you know, I'm like my, my brain was already thinking like, well, how do I just positively reinforce eating more? Like if I'm eating, then I could eat more. So if I'm only, if I'm eating, but then if I'm not eating, could I eat more? Yeah. My whole life is just revolving around food. So I love where this is going. I think these are going to be some good goals for myself too. How do I eat more next year? Yeah. If you, if you move more, you can eat more. Right. I mean, there's a, there's a thing on about that. Right. I've known bicyclists who eat whole pizzas and they are great because they burn calories all the time. So there's ways to do that. I mean, I I've done that without bicycling before. So I, maybe I've leveled up. <laughs> that's, that's a good goal to set for yourself. There you go. I think you got an insight. Stephanie just got one whole pizzas. That's my goal. Very good. All right. Well, let's get into the goal setting part of that. So hopefully as you've had this conversation with yourself or you're sitting down and thinking about this and writing things down, some, some themes have popped out for you. Some ideas of some things like, boy, that keeps coming up. I want to go back to school or I want to do this. So what we're going to suggest here is set three to five goals for yourself. 
And those goals should be something that gets you, I want to get plugged in more into my community, or I want to broaden my circle of friends, or I want to get more healthy. But I'll challenge you a little bit. You know, we'll talk about smart goals. You've heard that idea of making them measurable, specific, measurable, attainable, reasonable, timely. I can't remember all the smart things. I think I got them, but maybe. But the idea that I nailed it. You did. You did. Of course I did, because I'm smart. That's what, that's what that tells you. But the idea is, uh, I, let me dial that back one. Sometimes I think that the question is on a goal is, do you know if you've obtained it or not? And the good thing about setting your own goal is that as by next year, if you looked at it, would you know if you hit it or not? So you don't necessarily have to put a number onto it, but if it is something like healthy, like, okay, so what does healthy look like? So like I thought of health like a couple of years ago, and said, okay, I want to be healthier. So what might health look like? And that manifested for me in running a 5k. So I said, I'm going to run a 5k and I am not a runner. I do not like to run ever unless something's chasing me. And even then I don't like to run. And I consider just go ahead and getting caught and what the consequences are. Just eat me. Okay. Whatever is chasing me, just eat me. I'm, I don't want to run from you. That's what I was like. Running is good for your health, but at what cost, you know? I don't want to be sweaty and out of breath and die. Like I might as well just die. Right. I don't know why I ran and did all the things together. So, yeah. So set the goals for yourself, knowing you can achieve something and consider making it a little bit more specific, right? You know, it's not just, I'm going to get healthier. I'm going to have more friends, make them a little bit more something that you can latch onto so that you can know whether you are on track to accomplishing those types of things. Uh, Would you add anything else to that? I would say also with this, like when setting goals, um, be kind to yourself and know yourself. So the be kind to yourself part is like, make sure you are like setting a goal that is attainable. Like don't set yourself up for failure that you've created so many of these goals that are massive things that you have no way to track your progress on them, except for looking back a year from now. So be kind to yourself. Um, if you're looking at your goals and you're already feeling overwhelmed, maybe like break that goal into pieces. Like how could we make it a little more bite-sized? So that way you actually feel good about the progress you're making throughout the year. And then the second part where I say, know thyself is if you are the opposite of that, you know, know that maybe you have set goals that are a little too realistic. And so if one of your goals was to grow in the next year or to learn something new or to challenge yourself in some way, make sure that you're not just like giving yourself the easy A here and set something that will actually push you to grow. I know, especially for us achiever-based people, goal setting is thrilling and terrifying because I love achieving them. I love checking things off the list. Um, And sometimes I've noticed both of those things in myself, like both paradigms of have I set too easy of goals so that way I can check them all off and post about it online of how I actually was the one this year that kept my new year's resolution or was I setting too big of goals for myself and then it contributed to that fear of failure because it was really actually I didn't set very attainable things for myself to be able to do this year or I didn't really process those obstacles enough and think about like, maybe this is a really, this is going to be a hard thing to do and doing hard things is great, but we got to take them one step at a time. Yeah. A couple of years ago, I'm a very, I'm a very driven person. I love goals. I always have some for myself. And a couple of years ago I did this activity and I listed big goals. Like I was like, I'm going to get into leadership Springfield. I'm going to do my MBA. I'm going to get a promotion. I'm going to get well, I forget all the things I said I was going to get. 
I got all of them and it was so incredibly exhausting. <laughs> I barely made it out alive. <laughs> I like it. that was a really inspirational story that just at the very end you're like and it was awful but it's a great point it because so it shows hard. yeah it's so hard to be able to do that like make it realistic and that's why you have to incorporate that fuel piece into all of that like yeah, yeah you accomplished all of those things and it's funny as you were going through those I was like yeah you did that I remember you did that I remember you did that but I hadn't thought of is I forgot you did all of that in a year I did all of that at the same stinking time and it was really dumb and I look back and I'm like, I don't even, it was such a blur. Like I couldn't enjoy any of it because I was doing too many things at once. I couldn't enjoy what was happening. I was exhausted by the end. And now I look back and I'm like, man, I wish I would have invested more in Leadership Springfield or taken time to really know my cohort in my MBA or what, you know, whatever it was. I just, I was rushing through to get it done. Yeah, I think that's such a good point that I resonate with too, um, of yeah, like make sure you're giving yourself time to like stop and smell your own roses, if that makes sense of like, give yourself that break to like, give yourself the pat on the back, like sit on your laurels for a moment, be really proud of yourself. Cause I think what I'm hearing you say, Dan is like, you are immensely proud of yourself and what you accomplished. Um, but when you look back on this, it's like, man, I wish I had given myself more space to enjoy it in the moment versus being like, wow, that thing I did in the past was really cool. And now with hindsight, I can appreciate that I did it. Yeah. I'm glad I did all of those things. I'm proud of myself for doing them. I think those were big, cool goals that I set out and I accomplished. But also if I had done one of those a year later or one of those the year before or something, it would have all worked out the same and it would have been great too. Yeah. So if your plan, if your goals are a dial and it's from a one to a 10, Use your vision to set what the 10 would look like. Use your obstacles to set what the one would look like, but then decide where you're going to be by your fuel and what, what's going to fuel you so that make sure that you can actually achieve that. You know, the other thing, I think a really good plan is has a potential to fail. I think your plan, if you look at your plan and say, there's no way I'm going to fail this, maybe you didn't plan hard enough. So think about that too. Yeah. Star Trek wisdom, man. You can sometimes do everything right and still fail. Star Trek. Kobayashi Maru is what you're talking about. You know it. I know it. Yeah. So, but we'll go watch that movie if you haven't seen all of those and the series, even the animated series. Fantastic. All of them great. Let's go into now. So you've set these goals. What's going to happen if you stop right here, you're going to set the goals and you're going to walk away from them and you're going to forget about them and you're going to pick it up six months later or a year later when next year, when we do this, a similar episode like this and you go, oh yeah, I forgot I set those. I forgot to look back at those things. So we're going to make sure that we, first of all, break down those goals into steps, right? Now, steps are smaller versions of your goals or things that lead you to the thing. So like if you wanted to, I need to, I want to go back to school and I want to earn this degree so that I can get myself to here. That's daunting to be able to do all those different things. Daunting though, break it down into what the steps are. The first step is to just call the school and go take a tour, call and find out what the prices are look it up online and see what that looks like. See when the first semester starts, you know, save, save $500 or a thousand dollars or something like this. So just break it down into what that first little step might be so that you have actionable items that you can take and then just start brainstorming steps. So as you're doing this, just start brainstorming. Don't worry about which steps come first or which steps come next. Just think, these are all of the different things I can list. You'll probably end up listing 20, 25, 30, maybe 50 steps, depending on how far you go with this thing. 
But then what you do is don't get panicked by that whole list. You've written down all the things. Don't panic when you look at that list. What you do then is just star two or three of those things. And those are going to be the first steps that you take. And they should be bite-sized. It should be something that's easy, that's actionable, things that you can do moving forward. And then what I want you to do is I want you to keep those steps in front of you through the course of the year and just keep crossing them off and keep working through them. You'll have to add some new ones as you go through because you'll get smarter as the year goes through and you'll need to make adjustments, but keep tracking and adding to those steps as you go through the year. And then the other piece to add to that to make sure that there's accountability is I want you to find an accountability buddy. Uh, What's an accountability buddy when I say that? Someone that you're going to tell your goals to that's going to help hold you accountable. An accountability buddy. Accountability buddy. It's a word that you need in your life. It's a word that you need. The idea is if you say it out loud to someone, you are a lot more likely to do it. And especially if you have to go back and meet with said person and say, what did you accomplish? Where are you at? What did that mean? What was the next steps that you took? all those different things. So you need to have that person in your life. Now, a best practice is it's kind of weird to call somebody and just say, hey, I got this goals thing and I want to tell you all about my goals so that I can call you and you can hold me accountable to it. That feels kind of a weird relationship, right? But what you could do is you could say, hey, listen to this episode of this podcast with me. And also, would you be willing to go through this and you fill yours out? And then maybe I can meet with somebody and we can share each other's results of of the goals that we're setting and the steps that we want to take. And then let's set a monthly meeting where let's meet for coffee or let's meet for dinner or meet for lunch or just meet on a Zoom call or whatever it is. And let's go over and check into where we're at. What tips do you have for, uh, do, do we have for our listeners in terms of making this plan real? Because it's it's frustrating, I know, whenever we make a plan and it's not real and we don't make progress on it. Yeah, I mean, I think making it real is like saying it out loud, like you just said, Don. So like, you know, find someone in, in your life and in your world that you can share this vision of your life with. You know, I think a lot of us will start immediately thinking of like a spouse or a family member or a close friend, and those could be the right people. Um, but it's really figuring out of like someone who can go on the journey with you. So I like how you said it, Donna, if it's somebody not, you're just going to like tell them this one time, but someone who will be intentional about asking you how that's going throughout the year. Um, and I'll say one person who can be great at doing this for you. If you're struggling with who to think of that feels like safe is maybe a therapist or someone like that. Those are great people who you can actually say, Hey, I'm going through this process and I want you to help me process all these things. And as I go through the journey, hold me accountable to that. So I think you have a lot of different options in your life of people who can really help hold you accountable to this, but also do it with love of like, I think the word accountability sometimes means like you're going to come down hard and like, you don't want somebody who is like going to be like, well, did you work out today? Well, what about yesterday? What about last week? That's a, that's a personal trainer and they have their places and usually their place is the gym, um, not most of the rest of our lives. So I'm making sure you're finding somebody that's that safe person. Who's going to, again, be with you on the journey, walk through this with you, share in the wins, share in the losses. So I guess think about that too. For me, it's like always someone like, who can I actually be vulnerable with? that it feels safe to do that and be able to share. Because I think if you're not willing to be vulnerable in this process, then that's going to hold you back too. Yeah. And I was also very intentional with the checkpoints. I made sure I scheduled time and said, Hey buddy, let's meet every month so that 
you can ask me how I've been doing and, and reset the, reset me on track if I'm off track or ask me questions. But like, I needed to make sure that that intentional space was scheduled so that I didn't just like, eh, I don't need to talk to them. It's no big deal. I'll, I'll catch up with them later. You know, I made sure that it was intentional and planned. I love it. Intentional and plan. And that's a good spot to end for today. So listen, 2023 is going to happen. It's going to happen. Is it going to happen to you? Or are you going to help to drive what's going to happen? And it's going to start by doing this planning process. So we hope this was helpful. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know. So your stories about you succeeding in your plan from this year, or maybe last year, maybe you did the same process last year. Uh, go on to our show notes and download the document to help you with that and find an accountability buddy and walk through it. And until then, we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the People-Centered Podcast. We are so grateful for you joining us every week. If you like this content, please like and subscribe. Also, feel free to share on your social media with everyone that you know. It really does help us. If you would like to contact us, I have put our information in the show notes. Please reach out anytime. We love hearing from you. We will be back next week with a new topic. Until then, be well and lead well.